This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen along with you. Skin's cancer is the most common kind of cancer in the United States, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and melanoma is the deadliest form of it. According to the National Cancer Institute, an estimate, estimated 76,000 Americans will be diagnosed with melanoma, and almost 10,000 will die from the disease this year. Melanoma recently made headlines when former President Jimmy Carter's liver surgery for a small growth proved to be an advanced case of the disease. Well, here to help us understand all of this is Dr. Ramzi Farah, Associate Professor of Medicine and Pathology and the Division Chief of Dermatology at Upstate Medical University. Welcome, Dr. Farah. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. So, former President Jimmy Carter has melanoma, but I thought melanoma was a skin cancer, and this is his, in his liver. Can you explain this? Sure. So melanoma predominantly is a skin cancer because it arises out of melanocytes, which are the cells in our skin that give us color. But, um, you know, melanocytes arise from an area uh, of development called the neural crest. And as the fetus is developing, these melanocytes uh, can migrate to other parts of the body. So even though most of them are in the skin, you find them in the eye, in the GI tract, you find them in the lining of the brain, the leptomeninges. And so anywhere where you have melanocytes, you can get a melanoma. And um, so you can sometimes get melanoma arising out of these um, non-traditional areas like the brain and the eye, but mostly it's from the skin. Very interesting. That's something I think most people really had no clue of. Right. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a bit, but how do they, what are the causes, you know, what causes the melanocytes to kind of go awry? Do we know? Well, we, we know a, some of the story, not uh, all of the story. Uh, and like many uh, areas in cancer development. It's a combination of your genetic makeup and how that genetic makeup interacts with the environment. So in talking about the environment, we know that uh, sunburn type injury and UV exposure can be one of the triggers to cause DNA mutations in these melanocytes, and therefore they can make them go awry and become cancerous. And there are uh, genetic susceptibilities. Some melanomas run in cancers. There are some... You mean in families? In, in, in families, I right, beg your pardon. Right, yeah. right. And uh, the genes uh, are inherited, and they give you these susceptibilities. And basically, the inheritance... Uh, is due to how the genes affect certain proteins. And those proteins have a role to play in cell signaling and cell division. Sometimes they turn cells off and sometimes they turn them on. And if these uh, genes linked to these proteins are affected, then sometimes your cells don't turn off. Wow. And that's the definition of cancer. That's interesting. So let's get to what are the environmental issues, or what other factors might play a role? You've alluded to UV light. Help us understand, you know, what would make someone more susceptible apart from their genetic makeup? Sure. So apart from those genetic, uh, those specific uh, gene abnormalities, inherited abnormalities, um, certain uh, things can affect your risk factor. Number one, uh, how much intrinsic pigment you have in your skin. So whether you're dark-skinned or light-skinned, blonde-haired or or blue-eyed, so that has an effect because... So is the, is the pigment protective? It, it is. In other words, a fairer-skinned person who might have less pigment would have less 
protection from this potential DNA change. Definitely. So the whole idea behind the melanocytes that give us color is that they produce melanin. And melanin is the chemical that absorbs ultraviolet right light radiation, kind of like a bulletproof vest, and it protects the cells. But sometimes we get so much UV exposure that even that bulletproof vest is not sufficient. So the incidence of melanomas, uh, for example, in very dark pigmented individuals is maybe 1 20th what it is in Northern Europeans. So number one, how light-skinned or dark-skinned you are. Of course, how much uh, UV exposure you've had, and this is particularly important when it's in childhood. A lot of the sun damage we see in people who are adults, they acquire it before the age of 12, and so there's a large, long latency period for it to show up. But UV exposure is, is certainly another aspect, uh, specifically uh, at a young age group. Um, uh, the in, the place where you live. So uh, the earth has protected us with, a, with an ozone uh, layer that filters some of this UV. So in areas where there's an ozone hole, you have the highest rates of melanoma. So for example, in Queensland, Australia, they have the highest rate of melanoma in the world. Other areas where, for example, you may find light-skinned individuals of, of European descent, but in very sunny areas like Israel, has a very high rate of melanoma. The southwest of America has a very high rate of melanoma. So uh, where you live, uh, the type of skin you have, how much exposure you've gotten over your lifetime, and of course, you know, the genetic makeup that you have all play a role. And is it possible that if you have a tendency to have a lot of moles on your body, does that also make you maybe more susceptible? Sure, that's an excellent point. The more moles you have, the more risk you have. Also, you can qualify that a little bit. If your moles are a little bit funny looking, and by funny looking we mean uh, asymmetries, jagged borders, more than one color, these are what we refer to as having dysplastic features or atypical clinical features. And if your moles exhibit these, you have a higher risk. The, the general sort of uh, rule is if you have 50 or more moles, that puts you at a higher risk, whether they're funny looking or not. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm Linda Cohen, along with dermatologist Dr. Ramsey Farah. We're talking about melanoma. So how does one know if they have melanoma, meaning what are the symptoms that somebody might recognize? Sure. So um, you want to look at the criteria that are um, designated as the ABCDEs of melanoma. And those are uh, sort of the blueprint for how you should evaluate a mole. And so A refers to asymmetry. If you can cut the mole in your mind's eye and it's symmetric, any way you cut it, that's good. <clears throat> if it's asymmetric, it's not so good. B is border. The border has to be nice and smooth, not jagged like a map. C is color. We like um, shades of tan or brown. Uh, we like one color, uh, maybe two, but not more. And certain colors we don't like, like red, white, and blue. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are the patriotic colors of the flag. So, you, But you don't want them in, in your mole. And then D is diameter. It should be uh, six millimeters or less. And lastly, E is evolution. And this is very important. So there's a high risk of a mole uh, being malignant or turning malignant if it evolves, and that's what the E stands for, evolution. So again, changes in shape, size, or color, a sudden growth, 
sudden symptoms like itching or pain or bleeding. Those are the things, at least on your skin, that you need to look for. How about hidden melanomas? So we were just talking earlier about during evolution or during the baby's development, mm -hmm. the fetal development, these melan mel melanocytes, I guess, can end up in different parts of the body you know, hearkening back to this thing with Jimmy Carter. So, although I will talk more about that, we don't know that that's what exactly happened in his mm -hmm. case. But, so are there places that can be hidden from the eye, for example? Yes, and these uh, pose really a challenge for us to diagnose. Um, so as you alluded to, there are certain areas in the body that melanomas can arise from, and there's really no way uh, to screen or examine those areas of the body. Uh, so for example, the lining of the brain, the, uh, the, the GI tract, the GU tract, the eyes, they can develop in the eyes. Now the eyes, at least you can have an ophthalmologist uh, check your eyes when you go for your yearly eye exam. So that's less problematic than the other areas. There are some sneaky areas where melanoma arises. So you can get them on the toes or under the nail, and those are referred to as acral melanomas. Those can be extremely aggressive melanomas, and interestingly, the incidence of these acral melanomas is exactly the same, whether you're African American or Caucasian. So that's kind of an interesting so sidebar. So it may suggest that it doesn't have as much to do with the exposure to UV yes, light in that case. That, that's right. And there's one other type of melanoma called an amelanotic melanoma. So if you remember when we were talking about the ABCDs, we talked a lot about color. Amelanotic melanomas are melanomas that have no color. Wow. So they just look like a skin bump with no color, but it's a melanoma. And those are almost impossible to detect. It's usually only uh, luck if you detect such a melanoma. So basically, when or how do you, as, as an individual, knowing all of these potential hazards, when and how often should you see a doctor in terms of these kinds of evaluations, skin checks or whatever? Sure. So uh, the, cr the criteria are not really set in stone. You sort of have to have a, a, a reasonable discussion with your doctor and uh, both of you can decide. But there are certain individuals who I see every six months, for example. There are certain individuals I see every year. Some I see every four months. And it relates to whether you've had a melanoma before, if you have a family history of melanoma, if you're a very moly person, if your doctor looks at your skin and sees a lot of uh, sun damage. All of those factors indicate that you are at a higher risk and you would be more likely to develop a skin cancer, not just melanoma. Um, and you should get a yearly skin exam. And I would uh, add that... Um, you don't have to wait until middle age to get a yearly skin exam. In fact, the highest incidence uh, uh, of cancer in women under 25 is melanoma. Wow. So I, and I've diagnosed melanoma in 20 and 30-year-olds. So really, depending on your family history and your sun exposure history, any time in your 20s or so is a good idea to have a full body exam once a year. What are the treatments that are most kind of conventional or commonplace, you know, common these days for treatment of melanoma? So to date, really the best uh, course of therapy is early detection and prevention. Once you get a melanoma, the standard of care is surgical excision. And how large the excision is and whether you do lymph node studies or not depends entirely on how deep the melanoma is measured at the time of diagnosis. 
Uh, so there are chemotherapy treatments, there are immune therapies, etc. Uh, I don't know that any of these are standard per se. Uh, people are still learning about them and trying to find the best combination. As a general rule, if if your melanoma is metastatic in many way, anyway, the meaning it's moved on it's, to other organ systems. That's or what have right. You. The prognosis is really not so good. So the trick is to get it early enough that a small in-office surgery is sufficient to cure it. Well, getting back to Jimmy Carter and the little bit of time we have left, he's his melanoma was in his liver. Mm -hmm. Do you think it was primarily in the liver or it came from somewhere else? Almost undoubtedly, it came from somewhere else. And uh, like we alluded to, it could have come from the eyes or the brain or certainly the skin. Sometimes we can't find that primary, even if it's from the skin. And so it remains a mystery. And I think in his case, it's going to be a mystery where it came from. And lastly, he's getting a very, this new modern biologic type of therapy, immunotherapy. Just briefly, give us a little bit of a thumbnail about what that is. So uh, that's basically uh, an antibody that targets a receptor on the cell. And when it binds to that receptor, uh, on a T cell, which is a cell in your immune system, uh, it lets that T cell grow and attack the melanoma. Normally, T cells have some natural breaks on them so that they don't attack every cell in your body. So when the T cells are sleeping, they're not going to attack the melanoma. And this medicine basically awakens the, C cell, the T cell so it can awaken its brothers and sisters and they all attack the melanoma. So it's ba basically taking the brakes off our immune system and allowing our own body to basically fight the disease. Exactly. And I think, isn't that kind of the direction we're heading in cancer? It is, and it seems very promising. And I have no doubt that we will make great headways in the future, but as of now, it's still early detection and surgery. Thank you so much. This has been incredibly enlightening, very, very helpful, important information. My guest has been Dr. Ramsey Farah, Associate Professor of Medicine and Pathology and the Division Chief of Dermatology at Upstate Medical University. I'm Linda Cohen. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air.